Assalamualaikum everyone. Today's episode is going to be talking about a very, very big topic that I should have done earlier, which is dealing with healing humiliation. And this idea hit me because I was making another episode and I was like, hold on, that's a great topic. I got to talk about this. And especially because one of the big reasons why I'm making this episode is because I got a very, very big problem with social media healing. I got a very big problem with it. And when I got a problem, I'm going to tell y'all about it. And just to let you know, this might hurt your feelings. So... It is what it is. It's a good type of hurt. I'm looking out for you. I have a very big problem with social media and the way that they tell you healing works. Because social media will make you think that healing is the most fun thing in the world. You'll wake up, take a walk, eat some good food, eat a salad, drink a juice, and go on vacation. What healing actually looks like is waking up and opening up your eyes to the same thing that couldn't make you sleep last night and realizing that it's still living with you and it's still growing inside of you. What healing actually looks like is wondering why you woke up today. What healing actually looks like is realizing on a random Wednesday, three months later after whatever happened, that you're still not over it as much as you convinced yourself you were. Healing looks like going outside, taking a walk, trying to get out there, but still not having the energy to move because your body physically inside cannot go on. That's what healing actually is like. Yet the disbelievers and just people on social media in general will tell you that healing is going to a club every night, finding a one night stand, getting drunk and coming back the next day and eating a clean salad. This is nothing more than just a delusional distractment. It's nothing more than that. And the problem with this is young girls, even girls my age or older, will see this and they'll think, wow, healing is so fun. It is so easy. All I have to do is take a walk and eat some good salads. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with getting fresh air and taking care of your diet. That helps quite a lot. But what people will tell you is I healed through nine years of trauma because I woke up early in the morning at 4 a.m. and I started to take a walk and I started eating more salads and I started drinking more smoothies. What they won't tell you is the fact that out of those nine years of trauma, they cried for five of them. They cried for five years on the couch and they were not able to get up. They were not able to move along with their life. They were not able to push themselves to even take the blanket off of them in the morning. But they're not going to tell you that. You know why? They're not going to tell you that because healing is not ideal. Healing is not fun. There is nothing fun about having to get up every single day and change the way that you live, although you didn't like who you were before, but you were comfortable being that person. There is nothing fun or ideal about pushing yourself in uncomfy and scary situations and becoming someone that you want to be, but you're too scared to be. There's nothing fun and nothing ideal about having to push yourself to get over trauma that absolutely ate you. Healing is not fun. Healing is not ideal and healing is scary. Say it as it is. Healing is scary. It is very scary because you never know if you're ever going to be able to get out of it or not. And that's exactly why I'm talking about this. And then there's nothing worse than thinking you got over it until three months later, you're sitting there crying on a random Wednesday, on a random afternoon for no reason. Because maybe an old memory came up or you got triggered or something reminded you of something and it hurt you again. How is this ideal? How is this fun? How is this fun? How is it fun to wake up every day and question, will I be able to go through the day without crying? How is it fun or ideal to wake up every single day and think, wow, maybe today I'll be able to have a good day and maybe today I'll be able to shove this under the rug. How is it fun or ideal for people to come at you and tell you, Shoot, looks like you got some trauma. Looks like you got some things that you need to be working on. Looks like you got some things you need to be healing with. How is it fun or ideal for people to criticize you every single time that you're crying, you're hurt, you're broken, and you're going through so many emotions because you simply cannot control it because you have no place to put those emotions? How is that fun? 
And on top of that, people will humiliate you. People will tell you, oh, you need to toughen up. You're way too weak. You know, you're, you're out of control. What's wrong with you? This is not the place to cry. Stop crying. It's like the third time you cried today. It's the fifth time you cried today. You've been crying all week. You haven't changed your clothes. You haven't gotten out of bed. You haven't taken a shower. People who humiliate you. And um, there's a difference between humiliation and looking out for you. People might tell you that in a caring tone. That's 100% okay. They might understand you. They'll be there for you and helping you. Then there's some people that tell you that in a humiliating tone where they'll sit there to criticize you. And they'll say it as a cover-up and saying, oh, yeah, I care for you. That's what I'm telling you. When their intentions are likewise. That's humiliating. And it's not fun. And it's scary because at the end of the day, you think that you're healing. And every single day when you think that you're doing better, you never know if the next day you wake up and it all comes back to square one. So it's not fun. It's not fun. Stop lying. Stop telling little girls. Stop telling little people. Healing is so easy. It's not. I know people that have been healing over some things that happened when they were like five and six. And they're way older now. It's not easy. But it only gets worse because some women will talk to you in such a degrading tone and talk about you and talk about your healing journey and say, wow, she has problems. Wow, this person is so messed up. This person is mentally ill. They need to see a therapist. Really, you wouldn't say, how about this for a change? We all got those type of problems. And just because you like to sit here and act like you don't does not make yours any less. Because the same things that probably eat me up inside at the end of the night probably eat you up inside at the end of the night too. And this is not meant for me saying in a criticizing or mean tone or saying that I wish those things upon anyone else. No. But what I am saying is you have no right to act like you are above these things or you are better than someone that is trying to heal. That is what I'm saying. And so when women or even your own family or just people around you talk to you in such a degrading tone and try to humiliate you for the fact that you're trying to overcome things, it just shows that healing is not for the weak. You know why? Because there's nothing fun and ideal in healing. So how will the weak understand? Weak people won't understand what it takes to actually get up out of bed every day to get up and decide that you want to get up and change your life. Weak people won't get that because when you don't do that, when you don't try to change your life and when you like to sit in the situations that don't serve you anymore, you are either the toxic person, you're allowing yourself to be around toxic people or you're allowing yourself to be around people that don't even care enough about to you or about your character. You allow it and you're okay with people treating you like that. You're okay with people treating you like crap. You're okay with people treating you and walking all over you, cheating on you, hurting you, being disloyal to you and you're okay with that. And if you're okay with that, then okay, be okay with that. Then that's the pain that you'll carry for the rest of your life. But some people that are a lot more stronger than that are not okay with that. You're not okay with being disrespected by someone every other day. You're not okay with being someone who tries to degrade you, talk about you, or patronize you. You're not okay with that. So you decide to change that. And when you decide to change that, you become weak in their eyes. You become hysterical. You become crazy. You become insane. You become mentally ill. Because you are not acting the way that the weak acts. And that's the thing. Not everyone is supposed to act the way the weak acts. So when you see yourself in a situation where you are healing and you're becoming better and someone humiliates you, you need to remember that, girl, not everyone not everyone wants to walk on that journey. Every, a lot of people are scared because healing is scary and it's justifiable and I get that. But it's not easy. But it is also really easy to shut up your mouth and not talk about people and not make fun of those that are making that are trying to walk on that path. If you can't walk on that path on your own, then why are you trying to crit criticize and tear someone else that is? Because at the end of the day, your situation is not changing. You're still here in a toxic situation or being a toxic person or with people that don't serve you anymore. And at the end of the night, I can promise you that the same people that talk crap about you, that are after you, that are after your image, that are after the things that you want, that claim that you did something when you never did, that accuse you of things, those same people lay in bed at night with the same fears, the same insecurities, the same sadnesses that they have been dealing with. 
for the past 10 years because for those past 10 years, they never chose to heal. And they're going to go with that every single day until the day they decide that it's time to get up and start to heal. And when you start to heal, you become a lot more compassionate, a lot more kind, a lot more merciful, and a lot more understanding. And you learn these things as you grow older because you realize that as much as people want to appear as their whole and put together and their life is perfect and whatever, whatever, they're not. They're not. They're not. There's so many people that I know that work, go to school, have a job, whatever, whatever, and they have their life looking very, very whole and good out from the outside. And people compliment them for that. They're going to good colleges. They're making good money and good for them. But at the end of the day, even they themselves, after having everything, are not whole inside. So you can appear whole and not be whole inside. Or you can appear broken and be on the journey to becoming whole inside. And I would rather choose choice two. I would rather heal inside and not care too much about what people outside of me think. I have this one habit of mine where I like, if I need to cry, I'm going to cry. Like I try to hold it in when I'm outside in public or wherever. But if I need to cry, like it's going to come. And it's one of those things that I just can't stop doing. And growing up, I tried my very, very best to stop. I've had lots of people tell me, don't do that. And I've, I've really tried. It's embarrassing for me sometimes. But when I get hurt, I, I can't control it. My eyes just get watery. Then I just start crying. But I don't regret any of the times that I cried now. I've had times where I was hysterically crying so bad. This is humiliating for me to even tell you guys. But I'm being brutally honest. I've had times where I cried so bad at school that like a teacher would take a, like I mean it wasn't I was <laughs> this is so embarrassing I wouldn't I wouldn't be hysterically crying in front of people I'd be just crying in the corner you know when there's like a movie playing and no one's noticing but I would be crying or I'd go to the bathroom and you know come back all red-faced and it would be so obvious that I actually had teachers at one point in my life who took me out and they put me in a separate trailer and they were like just sit here till you feel better Okay, now that I'm older, it's humiliating to think about. It's kind of like, oh my god, why were you crying? But I was young, I was naive, I was stupid, I, I was hurt. I was stupid in the sense that I allowed people that weren't good enough to be around me. I And I don't mean that in a criticizing way. By good enough, I mean people that didn't treat you good. And, you know, I made dumb choices. And it hurt. And those choices hurt me every single day. And there were multiple times where, you know, sometimes, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. You see, guys, healing's not easy. It's it's scary. But there, there was this one time where I was such a mess that, you know, I don't like talking to people about it. But one time I was in the bathroom and I was crying and I was wiping up my tears. I was done with my little cry session. And I see the counselor in a room, like in a classroom teaching. And he sees me, right? Bro, I bolted. I ran. I was like, yeah, he don't know my name. He don't know me. He got my, I don't know. Because, you know, when they see you cry, they call you to the office. Then they start talking to you. Hey, what's going on at home? What's going on? I was like, boy, nothing going on at home. is. It's inside of me. The problem is inside of me. Okay, I got problems, okay? I really do. And I ran, bro. I ran fast speed. Ain't nobody could run faster than me. I ran. I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm crying because it makes me feel better. Sometimes when I cry, I don't even want help. A lot of times when I cry, I don't want help. I just want to sit there and I just want to cry because it allows the negative emotions to just pour out. You're not holding it in. Cry. I've cried so much. So much that I've actually had people at one point or another make fun of me for it. And they say, oh my God, you're so sensitive. You're always crying. That's so humiliating. Oh, she's the girl that always cries. Yeah, yeah, that's me. But today I can confidently say that none of my tears went to waste. 
because while I was on that journey of healing, while I was on that journey of crying and not feeling good and literally exploding randomly on days just sitting in a parking lot crying, while I had those days, I don't regret those days because those days made me who I am today and today I can say that it's a lot better than it was before. Likewise, the people that talked to me in a degrading tone and made fun of me and humiliated me, they're still where they started. And I don't want to be somewhere where I started. I don't want to be somewhere where it doesn't serve me just because it's comfortable. Because that's just suffocating. That's not living. And the problem is a lot of people, they don't want to heal because they think nothing's wrong with their heart. But I want you to be honest with yourself and I want you to ask yourself this question and give an honest answer. If your heart is broken, what are you doing about it? Some people, they need to see, they need to get therapy. There's nothing wrong with getting therapy, but some people don't want to get therapy. They don't want to get help and they don't even want to help themselves. But the question comes down to, if your leg was broken, what would you do? If your arm was broken, what would you do? What would you do? You would go to a doctor and you would get it fixed. You would go to a doctor and you would get an x-ray. You would go through the process for weeks upon weeks upon months to get it fixed. But when your heart is broken, you treat it like something is inside of you that doesn't even exist. It has value. It's just you going emotionally crazy and you will never seek help from anyone else or from yourself to fix it because you will constantly live in a state of living under other people's degradations and living under your own manipulation, telling yourself that it's not real, that your heart can't be broken, that you're just overthinking it. Then you're wondering why your heart is not healed and it's been years because you're not treating it like an actual part of your body. Your heart is a physical thing, dude. It's a physical thing. It's inside of your body. It, you have emotions. It's normal. And it breaks. It hurts. It's normal. Don't gaslight yourself and tell yourself no. And when you continue to do that, you're not going to change. It's always that easy. If your leg was broken, you'd get it fixed. So now that your heart is broken, you should also get it fixed. There's nothing wrong with getting therapy. And, you know, especially Islamic culture, just Muslim culture, I guess I should say, they have such a big problem with therapy. They're like, oh, if you're getting therapy, you're low on iman. No, no. This is a very, very dangerous statement. Very dangerous. Our prophets, peace be upon all of them, had lots of trials, tribulations, lots of sadnesses. Sadness is what brings you close to God. Happiness brings you close to God too. But it's really sadness. Majority of all of us are on our deen today to our best extent because we got really hurt over something. And we became really, really sad. So sadness is a key back to God. So it's not like it doesn't exist. And Islam is not against you getting help. If you get therapy, or you get help from someone, or you even help yourself, every single day when your heart feels off, when whatnot happens to you, and you're seeking help and you're trying to become a better person, won't this also affect your spiritual relationship with God in a good way? Because if you're learning to fix what's inside, you're a lot more productive and a lot more capable to fulfill your obligations religiously and go above and beyond. When you're so emotionally broken that you lay in bed all day, some people, they can't even get up to pray. But imagine if you seek the help, first of all, from God, you started praying, became consistent, then you seeked help from you know outside source or even yourself, and you started to take the time out for yourself. Of course, that would affect the way that you pray. Of course, that will affect the way that you start to read your Quran. Of course, that will affect the way that you start to do Islam, because you will start to see it heal you a lot more, because you've allowed the gates of healing to open. And that's what that brings. That's exactly why you need to be doing it. Because when you don't heal and when you don't go on that journey, it stays shut. Your pain 
your scars, it stays shut. It's like there's a knife inside of your heart. And every night and every day that you choose to continue to live with the same BS that does not serve you and the same stupid people that don't care enough about you, the same people that disrespect you, the same bad habits that are out there to get you, it's going to be the same time, the same thing every day. It's just going to go deeper and deeper and that knife is just going to stab you even deeper. And healing looks like taking that knife out and pulling it so hard out of your heart in one go that that pain has your heart bleeding. It has your heart bleeding. And since that pain of pulling out that knife is so deep, you will spend years cleaning up that blood and putting bandages, wrapping it, giving it the wounds and the needs necessary to make it better. I know it's not an easy topic. I know this is TMI. I know some of y'all don't like blood, but sit down and understand. When you pull that knife out once out of your heart, it's done. It's gone. That knife can't come back. It won't come back. That knife can't come back. Don't you see how good it feels? How, how liberating really it is. It's so liberating to be able to take out that knife of pain, take out that knife of trauma, to take out that knife of depression out of your heart in one big go. Let whatever damage, scar, bleeding pour out and spend the upcoming years of your life, wrapping it up, putting a bandit on it, taking care of it, getting help for it, stitching it up. Because now when you are stitching it up, when you are healing, when you are taking care of it, there's a guarantee in your heart that where the stitch is once, the knife won't come again. Especially when you adopt Islam in your life, inshallah it won't. Is it not worth it? It's worth it. It's so worth it. Because you're taking out this one thing that will continue to stab you deeper and deeper every night. And today you've chosen to pull it out. You've tried your end to stop yourself from, you know, getting hurt. Being in pain, being, vul being vulnerable, you stopped yourself from that. From one time. As compared to living for the rest of your life. With those same emotions every day. And what those emotions do is at one point, even when you learn to accept it and you have closure with it. And you're like, oh, I'm good now. I'm not depressed anymore. You'll always have those days where you randomly just feel off. Because you don't know what's wrong. But inside, that knife has gone way too deep. It's gone deep and it's tiring. And when you wake up in the morning, it's suffocating your breath. You feel like you can't go on anymore. It's not worth it. It's not. Healing is scary. It's not ideal. It's not fun. But making it on the other side is fun. Making it on the other side is ideal. And making it on the other side is very, very like freedom. It's like breathing your fresh breath of air for the first time. And another aspect of it is when you're sitting there and you're just crying for absolutely no reason. That happens too. You'll be waking up in the morning, have a great day. You won't even be thinking about that situation. And you'll just start sitting here crying. That happens too. And that's happened to me a lot. And I used to really like get so upset with myself for crying. I used to be like, oh my God, you're crying again. You cried here. You cried there. You know, you cried this many times in public. God, like, why are you doing this? You know what? Let me be so honest with you guys. Who is counting? Who is counting, bro? People are just so busy in their own life, doing their own thing, worrying about their own insecurities, their own worries, their whatnot. No one's counting. No one's counting. If you need to cry, just cry, bro. Like, I'm so against people that are like, oh my god, we're in school right now, we're at work, don't cry. Yo, I need to cry, bro. I'm gonna cry, okay? Like, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna go to the bathroom and I'm gonna cry. 
that's just how I am. And now that I'm older, that's still something that, alhamdulillah, I don't cry that frequently anymore or outside or anymore like that. But if I feel the need, I'm going to do it. Because who's judging? Who's counting? And if someone is judging, then okay, then it is what it is. I know you be doing this on your own time. It happens to all of us. So I don't really take anyone's judgment seriously, especially when it comes to emotional matters. Because at the end of the day, I know they're going through the exact same thing I am. Or maybe worse or maybe less. But they're going through something. And I just don't see a reason for me to invalidate the way that I feel because of how other people judge me. But let's not end there. Let's also talk about something else. Let's talk about the people that have lots and lots of friends. Because if you want me to be brutally honest with you, I feel like girls that have a lot and a lot and a lot of friends, like I'm talking like 20, 30, 40 plus friends, I just feel like you just don't got a lot of boundaries. Because if you're willing to tell everyone everything, it depends on how trustworthy they are. Maybe you really do have 20, 30, 40 friends that are really trustworthy and you guys stay in your circle. Okay, cool. Building a cute little trusting community over there. I stay in it. But then... There's those people that have, you know, 20, 30, 40 plus friends, even 10 plus friends. And while they confide in all of them, they all talk about each other. And it shocks me because you know this and you know that you're not allowed setting, you know, you're not allowed with you being okay with that. But you'll continue to do it. It's weird. It's very weird. And these type of people are the people that will stop you from healing because they will constantly degrade every single move that you do, every single step that you take, every single time you cry, they will magnify it and manipulate it to be the biggest thing in the world when it's not. And these are the type of people that suffocate your process. And these are the type of people that you need to chop off in like 2.5 seconds. Respectfully, Islamically, chop them off because there's no reason to keep people that don't serve you around. There's no people that, there's no reason to keep people that don't serve your iman around, really. There's none. But the one thing we don't talk about enough is the people that not only degrade you, but also give you backhanded compliments. Oh, wow, that looks pretty. I could never do that. I'm shocked you left the house wearing that. It looks good, though. Or those that are jealous of you for absolutely no reason, but they'll never come up to you and ask you, Hey, how did you do that? Hey, where did you get this? Hey, how can I, you know, adapt this in my routine? But they'll sit there and be jealous of everything that you have, had, or will have. And even if they get those things, they won't be happy because it's not the same way when you had it. And the question that comes down to is, are you just unhappy with your own character? And this is not meant to be an arrogant or, you know self-centered selfish discussion this is meant to be a brutally honest one and like i said all the things in here might hurt you a little bit are you just obsessed with the way other people are not with yourself because we've all been through that phase especially when you're a girl you are obsessed with the way the way other girls carry themselves and they may be obsessed with the way that you carry yourself and that's why there's no point in glorifying or constantly looking up to other people and obsessing over other people in the way that they run their things because again some people might appear whole but are broken inside and why do you want to be someone like that why do you want to be around people like that and why do you want to allow yourself to copy people like that and sadly i hate to say this females are so filled with jealousy so filled with envy you know we all have random emotions of like a little bit of jealousy that's human being nature you know a little bit of oh my god i wish i had that okay cool wrap it up whatever right you get over it but then there's some people that are just oh my god they are out here to hunt you, your family, and every single thing that you own down because they don't have it. They don't have it. And if they do have it, they're not happy having it. They want what you have. They want the person you have. They want the lifestyle you have. They want the friends that you have because it's you. 
And I feel like that's just a compliment. You a spotlight of their attention. I mean, that's cool, but it gets annoying. Because people like that really, really impact your healing journey. Because while you're trying to work through whatever's going on, people like that want to step in, take a pause, and try to make you become a very bitter and a bitter individual and someone that constantly seeks revenge. Because they want everything that you have or they want to talk about you, give you backhanded compliments, they want to spread jealousy or rumors about you, and this causes a problem. Especially in the healing journey, because when you're trying to heal and you're trying to become nicer, kinder, forgiving, not to other people, but also to yourself, when you meet people like that, it becomes so much more harder because they just want to bring out the worst side in you. And that's exactly what they want. They want you to have the worst side out of you out. They want you to act a certain way so they can frame you and be like, oh my God, she's crazy. I didn't know she was like that. She's one of those girls. She's out of her mind. No, no, no. You pushed me to become like this. And people want your character to come out so they can criticize you. But to one another extent, you have to ask yourself how important are these people and if these people are your family and you can't cut them off, then of course, you know, boundaries and whatnot are necessary and those boundaries may be broken. It's just about how much you allow that thing to get to you. But let me tell you one other thing that I've heard before in my life. I've been depressed for years upon years. I've been off, sad years upon years. I've made bad decisions and I've had situations that I couldn't control. I've accepted it. I've moved on. It is what it is. I've had lots of people in my life who told me that the way that I felt was stupid or wrong. Whatever. It's their opinion. I actually had someone that I at one point trusted very deeply tell me that I know people and my cousins actually, you know, they're so severely depressed that they can't get out of bed in the morning. They can't change their clothes. They can't take a shower. So I don't think what you have is actually depression. And I was like, silence. It was dead silence. I was just like, okay. Like, they said it in a lot more of a nicer way, but they did straight up say, they're like, oh, you know, when people typically have depression, like, I'm talking about, like, real depression, like, they can't get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, there's also some people that are so depressed, and because they're so depressed, they decide to validate and make their worth dependent on academic validation or productivity, and they go so insane on ends about that that they get burnt out and they feel so emotionally exhausted. So, hmm, interesting take. But thank you. Thank you for that. And it really pissed me off, bro. I was just so mad. After that day, bro, I just... Things were not the same between me and that person. (laughs) Let me tell you, I was just like, you rubbed me the wrong way, bro. Get out of my face. It rubbed me the wrong way. It really did. But I had to cut those people off eventually. I mean, I did. But it was just people like that. I don't get why. Like, imagine sitting here on the outside and telling other people that the way that they feel is absolutely delusional or crazy or out of character. And then when you start to heal and become a better person, they start to say that you're exceeding your boundaries because you're becoming someone that they're not used to be you becoming. And they're not used to you being okay. They're not used to you being happy, really. Because they're used to seeing you sad and they're used to seeing you cry and that's a comfortable image for them and they have authority over that image but since you're becoming a better person since you're becoming a lot more happier you're healing you're becoming a lot more in peace it's a little bit uncomfy for them too you know and eh, i don't really care if someone's getting uncomfy because you're healing you're becoming better you're becoming happier let them let them of course don't harm them it's not your job to please everyone but it is job it is your job to not hurt everyone okay it is your job to not hurt anyone don't ever hurt anyone intentionally don't ever do that it's bad I feel like sooner or later, you also end up learning with these people that humiliate you that silence is really the best response. People think that silence and kindness and being generous is weak. It is not weak. It is very, very difficult to give when you don't want to give. It is very difficult to stay quiet when you have a long list of things that you can say. But it is something that only strength can do. It is something only strong people can do. So there's nothing weak about staying silent. You need to become powerful in your mind and in your speech in a mannerful way. Not in a way that you raise your tone and you're cussing out. Because at that point, it just seems like you got a whole lot of nothing to say. But you just want to be heard. 
And we don't really care about people like that. Life doesn't wait for people that just want to be heard, that just want to scream on the top of their lungs and cuss, them, cuss other people out. If you have any value in your speech, then say it. And say it with respect. Try to do it in the best of your ability. It's normal for all of us to get angry. Learn to realize that people that humiliate you, if they get to one point where you can't even tolerate them, cut them off. We are not here to sacrifice ourselves for other people. You should get comfortable adjusting your boundaries and your life. In their absence, then adjusting your boundary, your life, and your worth to their disrespect. It's, it's that easy. It's always been that easy. Now, it's not easy to let go. But it's way better once you let go. Because imagine letting go and letting go for the sake of God and letting go for the sake of yourself and letting go because you know things will get better once you let go. Why won't God give you something better? When you choose God's love over any other love in this world or over any other item that you may love or thing you may love in this world, God is going to give you something way better in return. And I can confirm too, he does. I've lived through it. I've seen it. But the one thing that is very, very hard to talk about is being scared of being happy. That is so hard. It is so hard that when you're actually happy, you're scared because you're scared that it will vanish. I've met and heard countless amount of times in my life where people say, I don't like to act happy anymore even when I am happy because I feel like happiness always hurts me because I expect and I become and I start to live a lot more. And then when it comes crashing down, it hurts every time. So they have blamed happiness for the reason of their sadness and they're scared of being happy. They're scared of being happy when they achieve goals, when they're proud, whatever, because they don't want that fall. Don't be scared of happiness. Happiness is one of the best things in life that you can ever have, that you ever will have, that you will ever experience to your best ability. You'll have lots of times in your life when things will happen. You won't be happy with the way that they worked out. And then you'll have times in your life where things will go exactly how you wanted them to. And you'll be happy with it. And if you're happy with it, then act happy and be happy with it. Do it because when you don't learn to experience happiness, you constantly live in a state of sadness, even if things are working in your favor. You know what that leads to? I hate to say this, but it leads to ungratefulness. It leads to a lack of understanding, not just of what you have around you, but also inside of you. It leads to a very, very big path of ungratefulness. And when you walk on the path of ungratefulness, anything that you will ever receive in life will never be enough for you because God can give you the whole world in your hand and you will still not be happy because it is not enough for you. When you become ungrateful, God can give you the whole world in your hand. You will not be happy. When you want to become a grateful person and a better person, a person that's filled with gratitude, God can give you a fraction maybe a 0.5 of something, and you will be happy with it because you know how to express and feel and understand gratitude to its fullest ability because you realize that gratitude will always bring you happiness. Not to mention, there will be some people in your life that will literally get up and leave right when you start to heal and they'll say, oh, you know what? You're just not the person that you were before, so I have to let you go now. And, you know, they'll just get up and go and like, leave everything behind because you're healing and you're different now or you're trying to become different or you're very emotional you're very sensitive and I feel like people that want to stay are going to stay the people that want to leave will, will leave really there's nothing there's nothing else to it it's very that much simple don't live in a gray area and that's what I started doing I don't make friends or keep people in my life in the gray area either you know I love you you're like family or a good friend or either you're just an acquaintance and I don't really know you or I'm not your friend. Literally as simple as that. No situationship. No, oh my God, I'm friends with her on a Friday and we're not friends on a Monday. Like, don't do any of that. Who cares? Life is too short to sit here and plan out when you want to be friends with someone. If it clicks, it clicks. 
people will use an excuse to get out of your life when that really wasn't the case. They've been wanting to leave the whole time. They just needed an excuse to get out. And then the way that you started acting or maybe the fact that they had an impact on deteriorating your mental health, they will use that as a weapon, frame you, tell you that you're the one that's crazy, tell you that you're the one that's manipulative and leave your life when they're the ones that brought you to that point. And sadly, there's quite too many people that are like that. That's exactly why you have to be careful. And that's exactly why you have to be friends with people that have, that have Iman, honestly. When you're friends with people that have Iman, or at least, you know, you're mindful about that, it becomes a lot more easier. Because you know that the people that actually have Iman, that fear God, won't sit here and lie to you about useless things. Won't sit here and, you know, tell you crap for the way that you feel. They'll understand it, they'll validate it, and they'll help you. That's the thing, they need to help you. One thing for a fact that I learned especially like growing older you see it all over social media like you know people chasing one another people convincing one another that they deserve to stay they deserve to be loved you know whatnot and as you grow older really you realize that in life there's nothing romantic about chasing someone and convincing someone to love you because while you sit here grieving over someone that is very much alive and they have chosen to make you feel the way that you feel there's nothing romantic about it. There's nothing fun about it. There's nothing pleasing about it. There's nothing exciting about it. It's not fun. There's nothing fun in chasing someone and doing that. It's suffocating. It's like a cage. You sit there waiting for them to understand. And life doesn't give you that much time. Set yourself free from the need to prove your worth to everybody. It doesn't need to be proved. When you recognize your worth and you recognize that I worked so hard to heal, I'm not going to let anyone just walk all over it, you'll notice that you'll attract people like that. Moreover, you'll notice that a lot of people that are willing to go against your goals and against your morals won't really be able to stick in your life for long because you won't allow them because you know how hard you worked. I've talked to a girl who, um, I've, I've had quite a few cases like this, but I've talked to a girl who told me like, you know, she had toxic friends and, you know, she liked someone, toxic situation, whatnot. And she took like seven months to nearly a year away from them. And she felt amazing. She's on her iman. She's happy. And she told them she'd come back and that, you know, they'd make it work. But now she really doesn't want to. Because when you really take months and years away from people that you think are good, but they really aren't. And when you really take that time away from them, you learn a lot of things about them that you wouldn't be able to learn if you were with them. And you learn to realize that in life, no matter how attached, no matter how loving, no matter how loved you feel by someone, something or whatnot, it's never going to stay. Your own soul doesn't stay. So there's really no reason for you in life to hold on to things so aggressively that your hands are sweating, that you're just out of control. Why? It's going to leave. It's not going to stay. And the longer and harder you try to hold on to something or you try to chase something, the farther it always goes. Write that down. I know what I'm talking about. Always it goes farther. Always. Whenever you leave something up to God, leave people up to God, leave situations up to God, it will come flying to you if it's good for you. And if it doesn't come to you, then you'll be a lot more happier because God took it away from you to give you something better. So trust me, you don't take an L leaving stuff on God, but you do take an L trying to worry for a hundred different areas of your life when you can't control them. You know that God is the one that knows about your job, that knows about your money, that knows about 
you know, where provisions going to come from that knows about your schooling, that knows about your situations, right? And it's God that takes care of them. So the one thing you need to take care of is pleasing God. Because if you please God, God will handle all your affairs on, on, on your own. You don't got to worry about it. I'm going to read you some advice from an imam. May Allah be pleased with him. A friend will not literally share your struggles, and a loved one cannot physically take away your pain, and a close one will not stay up on the night of your behalf. So look after yourself, protect yourself, nurture yourself, and do not give life's events more than what they are really worth. Know for certain that when you break, no one will heal you except you, and when you are defeated, no one will give you victory except your determination. Your ability to stand up again and carry on is your responsibility. Do not look for your self-worth in the eyes of people. Look for your worth from within your conscience. If your conscience is at peace, then you will ascend high, and if you truly know yourself, then what is said about you will not harm you. Do not carry the worries of this life because this is for Allah, and do not carry the worries of sustenance because it is from Allah, and do not carry anxiety for the future because it is in the hands of Allah. Carry one thing, pleasing Allah, because if you please Him, He pleases you, fulfills you, and enriches you. Do not weep from a life that made your heart weep. Just say, O oh Allah, compensate me with good in this life and the hereafter. Sadness departs with the sajda. Happiness comes with a sincere dua. Allah does not forget the good you do, nor does He forget the good you did to others and the pain you relieved them from. Nor will He forget the eye which was about to cry, but you made it laugh. Live your life with this principle. Be good even if you do not receive good. Not because for others' sake, but because Allah loves those who do good. This is such a beautiful quote, and I was reading this last night in a book, and if you guys want to know what book this is, it's called Timeless Seeds of Advice. It's amazing. It's like a collection of different um, quotes and whatnot from different imams, scholars, whatnot, and it's it's amazing. Amazing. And I feel like this really captures it all, because you'll do good for a lot of people in life, and those people might not do anything good back for you. You'll do a lot of good things for people in your own family. They might not notice, but when you do good, throw it in a sea. And even if the fish is and no one sees it, God sees it. And all the little, little things that you do that are good, that maybe you yourself don't even remember, God remembers them. And one big part of healing that always helps is doing good. You know, when you help other people, you also in a manner help yourself. Because you're telling other people the advice that you will also unintentionally, hopefully, start to follow yourself. When you help other people, Allah helps you. And there's a beauty in helping other people because when you heal someone else's heart, you care for someone else and their hard times. Inshallah, they'll be there for you. But if they're not, you know God will be there for you. So you don't ever lose anything. Now, I'm not saying spend your whole life helping other people and not help yourself. Of course, help yourself. But if you have an opportunity to do good for people that will appreciate it, why not do it? And if you have an opportunity to do good for people that won't appreciate it, still do it. Because God will see it and God will surely appreciate it. I want you to remember that your healing journey and all the things that you go through and all the things that you have been through, you have the chance to get over it regardless of whether someone humiliates you, makes fun of you, or they completely try to start you from square one. And even if you have started again from square one for the fifth time, remember that you never actually start from a square one. You had experience before, you're starting again, you're learning again, you're trying again, okay? You never start from square one, so don't belittle all your little efforts and think, Wow, it's all gone to waste. You don't ever lose anything in this world. You really don't. If you lose something, you end up getting something better from it. If you lose something, you always gain a lesson from it. You don't really ever lose anything in this life. So don't compensate your heart with a false lie of telling yourself that it is someone else's job or it is someone else's fault because you weren't able to heal. 
Other people may be able to slow down your slow down your healing process. They may be able to erupt it. They may be able to, you know, play a negative role in it. But when discussion comes to 10, 15 years and you're still not healed, there's a difference between working towards getting healed and then not even ever taking the first step. If you're working towards getting healed and it's been years, okay, you know what? It is what it is. Like, I understand that. We all have that, right? That That's normal. But I'm talking about the people that never even decided a day in their life to get up and try. You're living this life because you chose to live it the way that you are and it's 100% your responsibility. And if you want to live it sad, you have the choice. If you want to live it with happiness, you have the choice. Now, of course, there's going to be life events from, you know, of course, that Allah puts upon us. There's going to be hardships and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you will always be able to find comfort and peace and happiness and iman when you pray and when you are with God. That, let, let that sit in. Let that sit in. This world is not going to be paradise. This world is not going to make you happy. This world is not always going to give you, you know, joy. But you will always find that in religion. To your best ability, you always will. And if anyone's ever looking to get improvement or to become a better person, you have got to open up the Quran. You will find your situation somewhere in there. You will find yourself somewhere in there. Don't make the way that you are too sinful in your own brain to be with God. You know, there's a lot of people that are like, I'm not good enough to pray. I'm not good enough to read Quran. Who said? You know, because these things were sent down for us because we're sinful and we need guidance. We all need guidance. There's nothing wrong with guidance. What is wrong with asking God for guidance? You can be on the right path and you still need to be praying for guidance. Because guidance is something that God can take away from you no matter what. But it's something that God will always answer if you ask him for it. You need to make that step to ask him for it. And you need to recognize that you may or may not have gone off the path. So it takes a lot of recognition. But it's something you have to do. Always find yourself somewhere in the Quran. You'll always find yourself, whether it's through a heartbreak, sadness, depression, you'll always find yourself somewhere there. And whether it's going through trials and tribulations within yourself or with people, you will realize that our beloved Prophet, peace be upon him, he went through so many things. Absolutely everyone was against him, really, except a few companions, family, whatnot. But it wasn't easy for him either. You're going to look weird. You are going to stand out. You are going to be different when you are healing and moreover when you are Muslim. Because when you heal, and especially as a Muslim, no offense, if you're a Muslim and you're healing and you haven't gotten close to God, I feel like I feel like you need to kind of turn towards that direction. Because as Muslims, when we truly heal, of course, Allah is the one that, you know, He can break our hearts and He can heal our hearts. It's all about turning back to Him. But if you think that healing is superficial and it comes from the things like taking morning walks and going on a vacation to the Bahamas every other month, it doesn't. It doesn't. Now, I just want to preface this. Taking a walk, you know, eating a good, eating a juice. No, drinking a good juice, eating good food, you know, taking vacations. These things help a lot. They do. Going outside, taking a walk, being in nature, getting off your phone. These things help. But these things are not the only things, which is exactly why I have a problem with social media, because they won't ever tell you how it actually goes down. They won't ever actually tell you how many problems people actually have and how it took them ages to heal. And walking and eating, you know, good food and taking a vacation was not what fixed all of it for them. They found peace within themselves. You can work out as many times a week as you want. You can eat as healthy as you want. But until you don't figure out what's happening inside, you will never be healthy. And the thing is, some people, they're not at that stage to actually talk about what's inside and what they found and how they healed because it's scary to talk about. It's scary to promote those types of things and be very brutally honest about the fact that 
you know, there's going to be days when you wake up, you're going to cry, you're not going to feel like you want to live. There's going to be days when you wake up and you're going to feel like, what's the purpose of life? There's going to be days when you wake up and some people, they'll even think about committing suicide. They will be, those days will come. They come upon everyone. But those days also have an opportunity. If you get through those days, you live on through those days, you'll become a lot more stronger. And one thing that really puts it into perspective is if you've been sitting here sad for 15 years, 10 years, 5 years, why do you want to give up now? If you've been sad for so long, you don't think you deserve to see happiness after this. Happiness is not something that you should be scared of. Happiness is not something bad. Happiness is not something that is out here to hurt you. Happiness is a blessing. It's it's a gift from God. And if you're lucky enough to feel it on this earth, inshallah, good for you, mashallah. And you need to make dua that Allah you know, blesses you with happiness because it's a gift. It's not something that we can all obtain. And it is something that takes time to come in your life. But you also have to find happiness in the little, little things in your life. When you wake up, thank God that you woke up today. When you're cleaning the house and, you know, it gets frustrating and annoying, thank God for the fact that you have a house. That you have people living in here. That, you know, you may have to make your bed every morning. You may have to constantly vacuum the house. You have people living with you. You have people around you. You have company. Hopefully that company is supporting you. You have a sense of life around you. It's not barren. You're not alone. And if you are living alone, you know, in a house, an apartment or whatnot, be grateful that you have your own space and you're not on the road and you, you have a place to sleep at the end of the day. You have a warm house. You have a roof over your head. There's a little, little blessings, a little, little happinesses in everything. Things are not always going to be perfect. They're not always going to be easy. They're not always going to be a walk in the park. But no matter what happens, if you continue to walk on the path of healing, regardless of the humiliation that you face, one day in life, you will look back at yourself and you will say, I am so proud for where who I am today. And when you reach that day, I can promise you that that one day alone will be worth 5, 10, 15 years of sadness. Because on that one day, you will reach a level of self-content and self-contentness with God and just fulfillment that you will aspire and want to reach for the rest of your life and because of that feeling you will live the rest of your life constantly trying to excel not just in your obligations islamically but going ahead and beyond that in your life being productive in your job in your school whatnot because that one day of looking back and saying i am so proud of myself i'm actually happy is the best day really of your life because that day you know you made it. You made it from every single thing that was meant to hurt you, that was meant to break you, that was meant to, you know, take you out. You made it from it. And what is a better feeling than knowing that you made it? You made it out from whatever you were going through. And the day that you realize like, oh, I really did make it, is the day that you will realize that happiness comes from inside. Your healthy lifestyle, your healthy food, things that you do, it helps. It helps a lot on the outside. It does make an impact on the inside. But you will never be healthy until you actually heal your heart. And healing your heart starts off with a whole load of ex acceptance and a whole load of forgiveness. That's the first way. It really starts off with a whole load of acceptance and forgiveness. Because when you do both of these things, you realize that things are the way that they are. I couldn't change them. No one else could have changed them. This was my qadr. This was my decree. I could have, there was nothing I can do now. There's nothing I can do now to go back and change what I did. But I do have 100% control about what is going to come and how I can react to it. 
And forgiving is realizing that no matter what happens at the end of the day, no matter how much I hate someone, no matter how much revenge I want, it's only going to hurt me first before it hurts them. Remember that, understand that, and these two things can take people ages. It's very easy to sit here and say, oh yeah, I accepted it. I, it could have been different. Yeah, I, I forgave myself. Yeah, no, 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 because just a week later, you'll be sitting here crying. Acceptance is something that takes a very long time. It takes years for some cases. It takes months for some cases. You're better off starting now than starting never, really. You learn to accept the fact that you did the best that you can in every single situation. And even if you didn't do the best that you can in every single situation, the situation worked out to how Qadr wanted it to work out. After Qadr mean, you don't have much to say. Of course, you can make dua, but you do have ability to change your future and become the best person that you potentially want to be. With that, I want to close this episode. I hope that you guys understood and took away something useful from this and understood that healing is not easy. It is scary. There is bad parts to it. But the day when you realize that you really made it, it's the best day ever. Like you realize that things are finally being the way that you want them to be. And that day is so worth it. And I promise you that that day when it gets better and you sit there and you say with your full chest, it has gotten better, you'll be a lot more happier and a lot more at peace finish off this episode on a lighter note i think that there is nothing more amazing than you guys to meet the real legend behind the podcast the one that does all the working the one that's literally climbing on me while i'm trying to talk my cat come say hi and it is just rubbing i don't know if you guys hear that's this little bell it's just rubbing all over me come say hi it's not saying hi say something <laughs> did you guys hear his little Say something. There. It's breathing heavy for you guys. There you go. Alright guys. Assalamu alaikum.